not entertain! And welcome to the most international edition of the <laughs> Kino Film Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. My name's JJ. Me amo Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, once again, <laughs> we have some administration to get through. So take it away, Jorge. Yeah, uh, so just want to let everyone know again that the online festival runs from 10th to the 16th of May, and you can now buy tickets. On Binge Wave. Um, on Binge Wave. So if you want to get tickets, you just need to, um, you can find the link in our Twitter account. Um, it's just in the bio. We also tweet it along with some of the screenshots from the films. Um, day, tic- uh, day passes are £5, which is a really good deal. Bang and for also, your buck. Yeah, and you also get a full festival pass. Sorry, I'm going to put the slinky down. Um, you can get a full festival pass for £20. Big. Um, Bing, and that's bang, six days. Gosh. That's six days. So uh, you know, you do the maths. You're saving quite a bit of money there. If you that's a lot of movies. Uh, even if you couldn't make every day, you would still be making money if you were there for four of the days. Yeah, and there's so, a, there's an allotted amount of time that you can watch the films in as well. So even if you can't attend a certain day, the films will still be available for a few more days. I think. So. Yeah, definitely. So, so um, get on that. Yeah, uh, that was our big announcement because obviously we've been wanting to announce. Uh, uh, the tickets going live for a while now, but um, yeah, just to remind everyone it is the tenth to the sixteenth of May. So. How exciting! Getting closer and closer to the day. Yeah. So um, this episode, uh, we thought we would do an international episode, which is obviously why we opened with big up, um, like three different languages. Big up the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today we're talking about a film um, called Crim which is directed by a debutante called Manuel Hutner. So this is um, an Austrian film uh, that we watched for the newcomer strand. Um, but it's a sci-fi short. Um, and I, again, uh, I don't want to tell, tell you too much. I never really want to tell you too much about these films. No because, spoilers. Um, a lot of the mystery and excitement in these films is like not knowing what, what you're watching when you yeah, go in. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the big difference between short films and feature films. You kind of need to know what you're committing to with a feature a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You kind of need to know that it's definitely your thing. With a short, I'm really happy to just go in. Like, yeah, it's know. just an idea. You yeah. know, they, they don't have to flesh out the idea. Um, however, you know, uh, I do wish I had a bit more time with Krim. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's essentially that um, kind of extremely futuristic, dystopian... Yeah. Science fiction, yeah. yeah. Um, So essentially the film is based around um, a female agent who is a sort of very um, advanced form of AI. Um, And she's been out in the field, she gets lost in the field, and um, her team, her like military team, bring her into a government facility and start to question her. testing her her a little bit. Testing her, questioning her about what the mission was for, and they find that there was a piece of information missing from her um, memory slash consciousness. Um, so they're trying to work out what the hell is going on there. So the film, I think we both agreed, operates best on its production design, Great its visuals. visuals. Great visuals. You know, I was pretty amazed that there's... Um, uh, what's it, uh, the VFX were as good as they were. You know, I think... I've tried VFX. 
Um, to no avail. I'll let everyone know that now. Um, <laughs> if, if anyone wants to see them, they're hilarious. So... <laughs> Um, just, just DM me, um, <laughs> at Kino Film, <laughs> at Kino Film MCR on Instagram. Um, <laughs> plug that. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a difficult, it's a, it's a, it's a very difficult endeavor, especially for the budget it was on. 15,000 yeah. euro budget. Um, it's a pretty convincing sci, like sci-fi VFX. Yeah. And, of... and also like, you know, um, essentially with all science fiction, uh, production design, VFX, costumes, etc., are all there to create a world to immerse you in, you know, a sort of parallel existence from our own. And I think the film does a does a really good job. You know, when we're watching it, you said there are some really good ideas. Yeah. And just you know, that's what I go to sci-fi for. Just for those speculative, you know, interesting notions of what could happen in our future. You know, what sort of um, Things we'll be doing, how we'll be living our life, you know, um, and uh, it is, it, you know, I, I can't say. Um, I think I think I need to rewatch the film to be honest. Yeah, uh, it, a lot a lot happens a lot very happens. fast. Actually, it um, is it is considerably well paced. Consider um, or like especially when you there's a lot that there's a lot that um, I'd say that's quite unexplained. I do think yeah. I wish I had a, a like maybe like ten more minutes. Yeah, or like five more minutes with just the lead character, just so I could, just so I could get to grips with the stakes a bit. Yeah, more. yeah. Um, I mean, but that's not, not a, that's not a massive issue of the film. I, I think. mean, it's 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 actually a positive thing that you establish a world and characters. It leaves and, me wanting more. That, for that, sure. Yeah, that you want more. Um, Definitely leaves me desiring to be in this world a bit more. Because the, yeah. opi- the opening sequence is chaotically abrupt but I did yeah. kind of want to know what was going on there so you yeah. know it I mean, does... you said it's like a video game it, do, it is... did the first like yeah. two the first like minute or so did play like a video game and it was pretty cool yeah it's pretty fun like yeah, yeah I'm, it's it's very disorientating um, you know it's that like you said it's like Call of Duty where you like a, a mission opens and you're just completely like discombobulated at, yeah, yeah you don't know what the hell is going on which is an interesting way to open a film especially as you know the rest of the film is so sort of cold and calculated. Yeah, um, it's it's a nice change of pace. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I thought all the performances were were really solid as well. Yeah, a lot of bold men. Yeah, scarily bold men. Yeah, a lot of scarily bold men. All, you know? all those guys look scary. Is uh, that in a good feature? way? Yeah, in a good yeah, way. Yeah, they're supposed to be scary. Nothing wrong with bold men either. No, um, um, but, but, the... you know, it was just a room full of bold men. And a woman, and one woman with and, a crazy uh, hacker as well, actually. Yeah, she was pretty. Yeah, she was really cool. Um, she, uh, I said to George that she looked like one of the Fanning, <laughs> one of the Fanning sisters, and uh, yeah. she did. She did a good performance as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah. No, yeah. I definitely think the like the crux of this film kind of lies within its production design, and it yeah. definitely follows through on that. You know, it never yeah. breaks the immersion. No, never. Um, which is which is always yeah. There was a couple of moments where I was thinking, I wonder how they're gonna do that you know yeah and you know he, he pulled out that. yeah he he pulled like a out a huge syringe at one point i was like hey where did you get that huge syringe from <laughs> like that's just not something you can buy very easily yeah and is. secondly i was like you know ooh, i wonder if they're just not going to show anything going on with the syringe like these tests that he's doing but they did like you know because uh, i was thinking how would i have done that how would i have made it look like yeah. i was extracting some sort of fluid from a woman in an unbelievably large syringe. Yeah, it definitely, um, it, they definitely did use. Uh, it's just yeah, some innovative kind yeah. of. Yeah, they uh, used their money wisely. I think. Yeah, definitely. Everything they did was pretty effective. 
Yeah, because like, if you told me that it was an extra 10,000 on the budget, I would have believed you. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah, uh, yeah a lot of a lot of budgets can just be thrown into the wind and they just end up wasting money. But yeah. this seemed pretty economic with its money. And uh, it definitely did its job as a, like a short sci-fi film. Um, and yeah, it was, it's uh, it's currently up in the, the newcomer section at Kino Film, which, yeah. is, which is why we chose it. Um, it. It definitely had like a pretty enticing poster, yeah. pretty enticing premise. And uh, all in all, it's a pretty, it's pretty, pretty fun short. Yeah, and it's... Um... Directed by Manuel Hutner, who uh, we were reading, actually doesn't have any sort of like academic background in any of this. Or film background. He's yeah. just you know someone who wanted to start making films. So and we and we love to see that. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely like the nicest thing to see when there's not someone who's gone through all the incredibly expensive film schools. They've got the contacts. They've got the budgets from the film schools. You know. It's not an issue, but it's a little bit cliquey at times. Yeah. You know, because I've looked at film schools and it's like 15k a year without any sort of, like, funding available. Yeah. You know, you kind of have to be... You kind of have to have some money to go to a film school. Yeah. So I do, I do like it when you see um, films from directors who don't go through those traditional... Um, avenues. Avenues. And they still manage to create something which is, you know, adventurous, exciting... Um, I'll happily see whatever Manuel Hutner does next, to yeah. be honest, because, you know, it's just, uh, anyone that can visualise those ideas very early on yeah. in their in their career, it, it, you know, that's that's cause for appreciation. Yeah, Always, some excitement. We're, we're, big, we're, we're big genre fans as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. So hopefully he can make these ideas bigger, flesh them out a little bit more, and like, whatever he does next, yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, speaking of just an international film, mm. um, I think... I think we should talk about Ooh, our favourite international films. Our international film favourites. Oh, hey! We're rehearsing uh, a scene for the upcoming company play called uh, Put That Thing Back Where It Came From or So Help Me. <laughs> it's a music- and we're back. And we're here to talk about uh, <laughs> our pick for an international film recommendation for yeah. you, yeah. the listener. The listener. You're being treated to... What I can only imagine are two unbelievably good films. Yeah, some fun, some fun movies, some dark movies. Yeah, some very dark movies actually. I think they're both pretty dark. Yeah, they are. Actually. Yeah, I don't know about fun. I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. My film is not fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who do yours first or mine? Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Uh, yeah, so go. Um, my pick is um, Army of Shadows, directed by Jean Pierre Melville, um, which came out in 1969, I believe. Um, <laughs> which is just unbelievable because a it's 1969 and b that's no, it's, way, just, it's just so ahead of its time. Like um, I I think I often talk about this film as probably one of the best looking films I've ever seen. Um, the The Revenant eat your heart out because they use wow. natural light in this film. Far better than they do in that. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Big statement. Um, but essentially, the film is about the French resistance movement during occupied um, France in World War Two, when the Nazis were in control of Paris, well, all over France. Um, and the film opens in a political, um, like, prisoner of war concentration camp. Um, so, you know, pretty, like instantaneously is very dark um it's also got a great late stage performance from um simone signore who's one of my 
favourite French films as well, Diabolique. So it's by Henri Georges Clouseau. Shout out. Um, who, yeah, she's just fantastic in it. But um, essentially, the film is about hope. It's about fighting for um, what you and your brothers and sisters consider as your home. You know, the the idea of your country. Yeah. Um, you know, which can at times seem a little bit um, disillusioning. You know, like so many countries around the world right now are going through so much and it's very easy to become disillusioned with your government, with the people around you who are flouting COVID rules or whatever. Um, but, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, I think most people are still proud to be from where they are yeah. from. Um, and I think that film does capture that really well. Um, you know, fighting for the idea of France or fighting for the idea of, you know, where, wherever you're from. Um, no matter how big or small the fight is. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it, like I say, it's a dark film, um, but it does have its moments. Um, I mean, some beautiful shots I've seen from that film. Yeah. Some absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous images. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I generally also, I'm not a fan of Melville. I've watched a couple of his other films like The Circle Rouge, um, Bob Le Flambeur. And uh, I, I haven't, I mean, they, those could be made up names. <laughs> they sound so unbelievably French. Um, but I mean, I haven't been able to connect with them as much because they've been like cops and robber type stories. Um, yeah. Which sometimes I do like, sometimes I don't. Depends so if you're much. where you're in the mood for it. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I also just think it depends on how much they can make you like someone who also does, like, does bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Goodfellas, like Joe Pesci is awful like he's you know an awful human being but you still like kind of love him because just so much charisma yeah so well written and so well performed um but i mean obviously uh i mean i'm a big history buff and i think it's probably one of the most authentic looking world war ii films i've ever seen so that would be my recommendation big recommendation international film but i i think we're spanning continents now and moving out of europe so, so take it away, JJ. <laughs> so we're gonna go all the way to the slums of of Haiti uh, with a documentary called "The Ghost uh, Ghost of City Soleil," uh, directed by uh, Asgalith or Leth. I don't know how you pronounce that. Yeah, um, we'll forgive you. That yeah, sounds yeah, yeah, like yeah. a very alien name to us, Brits. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, the film is um, a pretty pretty eye opening documentary. It was made in two thousand four to two thousand. It was like made in two thousand force like 2006 or something yeah. um and it just chronicles the story of two brothers in the slums of city soleil named billy and i am not joking you <laughs> the guy the other guy's name is haitian tupac <laughs> his his act his the name that he goes That's by is haitian tupac um and it just yeah it just kind of chronicles the um just the political unrest in the country um there was uh, the president Aristide at the time. He uh, basically created uh, and used the help of local gangs to ward off rebels to come in from taking over the area. And it just and Billy, the one of the brothers, um, d like truly supports President Aristide, and Haitian Tupac completely disregards it. He thinks that. He thinks that like the systems in place in which like the president just mm. doesn't care for his people is wrong, and he's trying to make it out like through his music, like through his rap music. Nice Haitian Tupac. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, Billy 
Billy's just kind of in a in kind of this inescapable circle of um, answering to this president that is essentially one of the biggest scumbags um, in modern human history. I think. Really. Yeah. So like they like local basically civil wars have broken out because of um, the way that he has treated the opposition the way that he's essentially like clawed his way into the presidency, even though there were like accusations that all those votes were counterfeit and the result was actually completely fraudulent. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of it is, yeah. yeah, the ending just kind of tore me to shreds, to be honest. I just, oh, there's a song, basically the music in the film is also by Wyclef Jean of, you know, the, the Fugees. Really? Um, That's pretty mad. Yeah. And uh, the final song he does is one of the most impassioned, like, pleas of, of love and support for those that are in City Soleil. I know there was a massive earthquake in the area in 2010. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, it was just pretty devastating. So it's a tsunami as well. Yeah, right? so I don't think the people of City Soleil have seen much good um, for the lo- for the longest time, it seems. But there's there's still so much humanity in the in the slums. There's still so much so much life and presence there. And, you know, these people should never, ever be forgotten. And I think the, even, there, there were, like, I, I was telling George earlier that there was a Peter Bradshaw review that absolutely hated the film, thought it was exploitative. But I think, you know, um, it's it's not trying to inform you of the context of why everything has happened. It's just trying to give you a sense of the scope and, like, the image of their lives right, like, in that moment in 2004 to 2006. Mm. And... You know, it's it's meant to be enlightening. It's not meant to... I don't think it's trying to educate you. I just think it's trying to open your eyes to... Because I was saying to my girlfriend when we were watching the film, I was like, I, I can't be complaining about anything in my life right now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I have no right to complain about anything because these people... There was a, there's a scene, it's a pretty harrowing scene, where the one local volunteer, like she was like a French volunteer, her yeah. name was Lele. She came into the slum. And she was like the basically the only doctor in um, a city that has like four hundred thousand people. Like she's the only medical doctor that can like help and support. And there was a scene where this baby just had, I think it was a baby, uh, had so much liquid in their skull that their head looked. It was like triple the size. Yeah, man. And it was it was just so much harrowing imagery. And it just kind of, uh, it really makes you realize that, you know, my, my problems are quite minuscule. Yeah, compared to people who are, you know... Like, in enduring, constant threat yeah. of, of death and violence. physical suffering yeah. and violence. You know, a lot of the, yeah. I highly recommend it. I do think it's quite an essential watch because it, it's, a, really? it's, a, it's, a part of the, it's a part of the world I literally had zero idea about. Yeah. Bar, like, the certain humanitarian disasters and obviously the natural disasters that have like very like unpo- like unfairly have like struck that country yeah um and there was just like another like sad statistic that they put in it it's a 2 hour flight from Miami Beach Florida really like it's in arms reach you know to support and the only thing you see from like americans in in this documentary is like military coming in and you know trying to enforce like humanitarian laws or trying to oh, stop well, people. That's the American way, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you know, international police and all. It's just, <laughs> it's just so sadly insightful. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting that Peter Bradshaw had such a, you know, dislike for the film because yeah. I think doc- 
you know, I would ask him as well, like, you know, if that's, I mean, I, I haven't seen... Yeah, um, obviously, yeah, it's a subject to... But, um, you know, like, I'd be interested to see what he would say about something like Fosama, which yeah. was about the um, the bombing of Aleppo by the um, Russian-backed Syrian yeah. regime, um, which is another, like, it sounds like, you know, very harrowing... Um, film about like communities coming together and trying to yeah. essentially survive in some of the world's toughest urban conditions yeah. um you know without medical uh, apt medical supplies without um you know enough food and water and support and um, while the world essentially just watches um you know so i i don't know if i fully agree with Peter Bradshaw, like, as I say, I haven't seen it, so I can't be sure, yeah. but I sense, you know, it, documentary is about shining light on stories and people that don't have a voice. Yeah. Generally, that's what I think it's important for, that's what it's good for. Yeah, yeah you know, definitely, um, definitely. Because cinema can only, you know, like, fictional cinema can only do so much, it can only yeah. pretend to, um, to display any sort of reality, you know, it's all the recreation. Um, whereas documentary, you know, obviously there is a, a level of recreation there that happens within yeah. the editing suite. But, you know, generally those images are real. Those reactions, those people's emotions are real. I think really it would be exploited. It would only be exploitative of, if, of how you watched it. If you watched it in the sense of like, you know, I want some sort of grim, gruesome political intrigue. You know, I want to I yeah. like see, see a documentary about um, gangs, etc., um, you know, like killing each other and murdering each other and um, etc. But the way that you're describing it is, a, is a, it's quite a hum, human film yeah. about individuals. I don't think in this it, community. I don't think the film ever tries to get to the bottom of why the violence has occurred, where they got their weapons from, you know, the politics behind that. I just think it tries to paint like a extremely vivid image of a place torn apart by like pain and suffering and violence. Yeah, and I think. If you're a documentarian, that's the best you can do. You're not trying to change the world. You're not trying to change the world or yeah. help or help like these communities because at the end of the day, the best you can do is to tell pick, the story. Yeah, is to tell the story. Yeah. Pick up a camera and let other people know what's going on. Yeah, and you know that's what that's what the filmmaker has. Oh yeah, that's I think that's what the do. best documentaries do. They mm. like they 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 just they have to paint a, a portrait of the world as is in that period of time in that given space. You know, yeah, like that's what they're meant to do. Like. I remember when we watched that, the ki- we watched like this, the Killer Next Door documentary. Yeah, I didn't ever watch that, but yeah. I know lots of people That's did. That's exploitative trash. Like, that is... Cecil Hotel? The Cecil Hotel that documentary. That was exploitative trash. Trash. There's a um, there's, uh, necessity when it comes to telling stories. Like, that's that's the purpose of documentary. It should It should be born out of necessity and, you know, wanting to shine a light on things that, you know, you'll you would never see in your normal daily lives, you know? Mm. And when it comes to something like the Cecil Hotel, one that was, like, pretty documented, majorly in, in the news yeah, you could and online, the way that Netflix, like, funded... And Ron Howard yeah. funded this documentary and just made it the most exploitative, like, D- dramatic, dramatic, yeah, performative... Like everyone in it felt like they had to play a role for the camera. Yeah. Anyone that was interviewed. And the recreations of that poor girl. Oh, you know, it essentially, gets the, me so livid. The the documentary like approaches it with a sort of like web sleuth 
perspective yeah, of like I can't believe trying it. to like unravel this mystery, you know, and the documentary very quickly becomes about the mystery as opposed to this poor girl, you yeah, know, who who lost her life. Um, in the midst of like a fantastic time, like in the midst of like fantastic grades at like university, yeah, like, working um, really hard to get to a good university. I th- you know, a documentary like that should really celebrate that person's life and communicate yeah. the loss and um, you know sadness that is is around that. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. Crime, you know, and this or, case has been talked about. Yeah, a million times. Like I've seen so many people talk about that Cecil Hotel case, and then you just have people that are just willing to make a quick buck from, like, easy information that's very yeah. accessible on the internet. Because they know that people will watch it. Yeah, cause So, you... I mean, that, that would be my anti-recommendation. Yeah. I recommend a... you don't watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or anything that you think looks just like a very contrived, very... Exploitative. Exploitative, yeah. like, crime doc. They just seem to... They seem be... to be churning this out. Because yeah. the information's so accessible yeah. online. Essentially, making a murderer just... Like, yeah. you know, was the catalyst for all of this. Yeah. You know, people watched that, they loved it, and then Netflix and all the other companies just started thinking, well, I'll just put this everything... This a quick there. buck. Yeah. And, again, it just kind of... It, like, attacks that idea that anyone can get, like, 15 minutes as well, like, 15 minutes of fame, and I swear, a lot of people in front of these cameras in these documentaries are excited that they're in front of a camera. Yeah. As opposed to actually wanting to tell a a true, like, legitimate, like, unpretentious story. Yeah. You know, like... There's, yeah, there's definitely. so much good and there's so much bad in the world, and these are the worst kind of people that just try and take advantage of a very poor, lowly situation. Mm. As opposed to City Soleil. Yeah, in which I think, you know, it's... I just highly recommend that. I, I don't want to spoil much more about the documentary because I think yeah. it's, it's a lot of difficult-to-stomach, um, like, images and a lot of topics that are... Yeah, that are very harrowing. But, you know, if you're willing to go on the journey, there's so much to learn here and there's so much to, to care about and to focus on because, you yeah. know... There's so much bad documentaries you yeah. can focus that energy on. I don't think it's. I think it's a waste of time. Yeah. So don't do that. Watch Go See Soleil. Nice. Watch Army of Shadows. Yeah, I was gonna say, just we don't have to talk about it very quickly. But do you have like one quick nice international recommendation? Nice international like a, a, a recommendation film that you would recommend to people. That's like a, a soft, you know, gentle film. Oh, I mean, I haven't seen it, but George has talked about it so highly. I lost my body. Yeah, um, yeah, I lost my body. If you just want like beautiful anime, because I watched like, the first twenty minutes and yeah. I just think I was tripping out. So uh, the <laughs> yeah. music is good. Go- the, the music oh, I heard was gorgeous. gorgeous. The animation is gorgeous. If you want anything like that, like a soft international film, yeah, anything Ghibli, just watch anything oh, nice. God, yeah, good food in it. Good pretty images in Tampopo? it. Tampopos. That's a good. Food that's film. unique. That's that's a, that's a unique food film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the like. There's some very good international films out there. I definitely yeah. think anything animated, the majority of the time, you can't go wrong with for a comfort film. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, Tampopo's pretty good. Akira, I'm always going to shout out Akira. So <laughs> yeah. watch that. He's got that one in again. 1988, classic. Watch um, that. Yeah. Anything, anything else from you? Um, short and sweet, where's the friend's house? It's an hour and a half. It's an hour and a half. 
and it's like the sweetest film ever. So that's Abbas Kiarostami yeah. once again showing up in the annals of George's yeah. podcast career. <laughs> <laughs> if you can call it that. <laughs> but yeah, I think those are our recommendations. We hope you take some of them on. And if you want to see even more international films, international voices, yep. then get your tickets at Kino Film Festival. Get them at bingewave.com. We've tweeted about it on our Twitter at KinoFilm. We posted about it on Instagram at KinoFilmNCR. Yeah. And we also post about it on our Facebook at Kino Film Festival. Yeah, if you're a Facebook user still. Yeah, <laughs> if you're using the primitive. <laughs> we kid, we kid, obviously. Yeah, we're joking. I, I use Facebook. <laughs> All the time. Good. It's just, I, I like to project the image that I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, And that yeah. I don't oh, use course, Facebook. Bro. Yeah, but too, then I log too. on and still... Get lost my... in those dog videos. Yeah. <laughs> lost in those cat videos. And seeing what, you know, so-and-so from year 11 is doing now. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think we might have, like, a sad message to end on. Yeah, we can have a little sad message. Get the violins out, because... um essentially this podcast was established by myself and jj because um we were doing a placement with um our university with kino film um and it's i mean we really enjoy doing the podcast but we are just our lives are getting very very busy so busy we've got so much on at the moment with um dissertations we've got We've just wrapped a practical project, but we've got a whole host of editing and portfolio work to do around that as well. And we've also got a write a huge essay on our placement on our time here with Keynote. Yeah. Um, but it has been an absolute pleasure doing yeah. this podcast. And I, I do think that, you know, the, the loyal listeners who have yeah. stuck all the way through, you know, like you've made something that we did, um, you know, for this film festival something way more enlightening, something way more enjoying. And, you know, I just... Yeah. Grateful for the experience, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, also you've just given us the opportunity to essentially talk about film. Which <laughs> big is big just, up our film egos. Yeah, which is what we do every <laughs> single day anyway. So, yeah. you know... Um, yeah. It's nice to have a platform to do it on, really. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, thank you to everyone who has listened. Thank you. Um, if there is a real clamouring at any point... Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't episode, know, I don't know if that's then, a thing. But... Uh, then we can definitely do something... Um, little zoom special a little, yeah we, we do actually uh, take cameos <laughs> <laughs> um, and we do have a, an exclusive Patreon service so. <laughs> I wish yeah I wish too. but yeah no once again thank you for your thank you for your listenership uh, we have been grateful for it every week um, hopefully if we ever meet any of our listeners in person we can talk about film with you yeah um, and when the world goes back to normal, we can hopefully see you in the cinemas. See you in the cinemas. So on that note, keep watching films, keep enjoying them, keep talking about them. We all love film. It's the greatest thing. Well, for me anyway, ever, ever, ever made. Um, so, uh, I, I bid you a farewell. I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're having a good week. And we I hope you're having want. a good life. <laughs> hope you're having a good life. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.